Welcome to Telling the Tale, the podcast where the tropical breezes flow. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here, as per usual, with my co-host, Dustin Jackson. Hey, Dustin, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, but Mitchell, tell me, do you has what it takes to get through Strong Badia the Free? I has. Good. Yeah, I don't... (laughs) That's a hard question to answer in more than two words. Um, Well, I'm glad you did it in one word. Has. Um, yeah, this is an episode, (laughs) I think, this is for sure an episode. In fact, this is the most memorable episode in my head when I think back to the game. Oh, uh, interesting. From, from when I originally played it. That's interesting that you say that. Of all the episodes, you think this one is the most memorable one? Well, I, it's, it's not my favorite. Um, my favorite. It's just the one that you remember the most. Yeah, it's the one that just, like, if I go back to think about uh, Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People as a whole package, this is a very memorable part of it because I, I think part of it is that it deals really with every major character in a in a unique way. It, mm-hmm. um, I, I think the map is the most interesting, which, which I, I think I commented a little bit in the last episode about how um, seeing the map of the Homestar Runner world is something that a video game has the ability to show that the cartoon doesn't really. And this one kind of does it. Yeah, it, it does it more. It it definitely makes a more solid assertion as to the layout of things, although mm-hmm. it's still pretty wobbly. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's yeah. general locations and shapes. General locations and shapes. I, I think also there's a lot of the, the just the side things you do in this episode are some of the stronger throughout the season. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea that you just go around continuing to recruit countries, I think is it it's going to prove to be the most like gamey, <laughs> like video gamey, uh, checklisty thing that. You'll definitely remember doing this um, at, at, at the end of our, our playthrough. Oh, I'm sure I'll remember it. Um, yeah, this so is far I've remembered all the episodes, episodes, so I don't know why that's a barrier. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everything that we've played. This is episode 16 of the podcast. I remember 16 of them. So. We've only done 16 of these? Wow. It feels like we've done way more. Really? Because that's four months, and I feel like that's longer than I thought we were doing it. I, I guess just in in uh in terms of numbers, sixteen is not that many. Yeah, it's when you more when than you think 10% of percent of the library though, so we're we're making that's a little true. chunk. I I guess I wasn't thinking of it in terms of uh Telltale games, and thinking of it more just in terms of every number ever made. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sixteen is pretty low <laughs> in the cosmic well, sense. When you think of like four billion, sixteen is not that big in comparison. Um, so just a few starting off fun facts about the episode. This episode was released on September the fifteenth, uh, two thousand eight, and was directed. This one was directed by Chuck Jordan. Um, this is I. We started reading off the writers and directors of these episodes very early on and i think what i was hoping for was we would become accustomed to the styles 
of each one. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the first episode of this season was by Mark Darren, and this one is by Chuck Jordan. I think now in Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People is where we're finally starting to see, like, oh, we can attribute this episode style to a specific designer at Telltale. Um, yeah, this one's way different from the first episode, and I like that a lot. It's way different from the first episode, and maybe now we actually know what it means to be a Chuck Jordan episode, because mm. that's... Um, this is this is a style. This is a specific thing. Yeah, that's very true. I I don't know if uh future episodes by him will uh follow in this sort of in these footsteps, but it's it's totally possible. I'd like to see. I'd like to see you twy. <laughs> I'd like to see you twy. That's one of my favorite quotes. You remembered? Yeah, one. Well, it's a really good uh, home star <laughs> quote. Uh, um, for those who don't know, that's Homestar addressing a wagon full of pancakes trying to join <laughs> the championship. The championship. The championship. Uh, <laughs> wagon full of pancakes in the championship. In the championship? <laughs> I like to see uh, why. You um, know what's funny, Mitch? Mm-hmm. This is my second podcast this week about uh, Homestar Runner. Yeah, you do a you do an animation podcast that you're cagey about. You won't tell me all the deets. Oh, I'm sorry. There aren't a whole lot of deets to tell. It's called the Ink and Paint Club podcast, and we talk about animation, me and a couple of other friends. I'm not like a, a regular host. I'm more of a guest host who pops up every now and then, uh, a special occurrence. But uh, just a few days ago, we discussed Strong Bad Emails for the 20th anniversary of of strong bad emails. Oh jeez, really? The 20th We're doing this on the 20th anniversary of strong bad emails and we didn't even know. Um, let me check the exact date. Okay. Strong bad emails. It's a strong few days emails. ago, you said? Well, we recorded it a few days ago, but when I checked when we were recording, the 20th anniversary, the exact date was a couple days from then. Ooh. Ooh, are we on it? It's it's totally possible we are recording it on the day, but it also might not be. Um, I'll I'll say some more stuff while you're looking that up. Okay. Um, this episode is called "Strong Baddie of the Free," and the general premise of the episode is, um, there's been a running theme throughout a lot of the strong bad emails and, and Homestar cartoons up to this point. That there are some nationalistic tendencies within the group of core cast members of the show, where strong, uh, strong bad, for example, has strong badia, a country entirely run by him, a uh, an army called the Homestarmy is run by Homestar, and then the king of town is literally the king of town, uh, and this sort of makes good on all of those. Uh, little references it compiles them together puts them together where they've usually been isolated uh incidents of uh, of jokes or or whatever and uh has them go to war with each other and you play a strong bad gradually gr- uh going around to all your friends um friends in quotes <laughs> uh countries <laughs> and trying to take them over it's I think a pretty cool conceit for an episode. Uh, I have heard from a few people that have played this game that they did not like 
the piecemeal um, process of absorbing all of the the countries. Oh, uh, really? They, they I th- didn't. I like... thought it was great. Yeah, it's it's one of my faves. It, it, I think this is my second favorite episode of the of the season. Um, easy. I I can't say for sure because uh, I haven't played the rest. This is my first time playing this episode, even. But uh, yeah. I thought it I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was very fun. I love that each character had their own little uh, country, and each like object had its own country too. The stick was its own thing. The car, <laughs> yeah. both halves. Yeah, of everyone the car. had a country. Everything had a country. <laughs> It's great. Um, so I agree with everything you just said. Love it. But uh, so I found out the exact date of the first Strong Bad email. Do you want to know what day will be the 20th anniversary? Yes. Tomorrow. Whoa. August 22nd, 2001 was the date of the first Strong Bad email. So happy birthday, emails yeah we're celebrating with this (laughs) i guess that's a weird birthday because it's not the uh it's not the universe's birthday it's not like homestar's birthday it's one character in homestar answering an email's birthday yeah (laughs) which in any other franchise would not be worth celebrating but that but it did kind of usurp the rest of the website kind of just like strong yeah. bad usurped all the other countries in this week's episode yeah or the rabbits usurped ubisoft's willingness to uh put out rayman games oh <laughs> <laughs> sorry bud oh way to bring down the mood it is kind of like <laughs> that though it's like if you were a really big just homestar fan that probably was annoying. Maybe, but, you know, each episode of Strong Bad Emails is basically a whole other cartoon anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and Homestar is still, like, one of the lead players of it. So I, I'd say it's at least a little more fair than Rayman getting such a shaft. <laughs> well, I don't know about fairness, but uh, <laughs> I, I do see your point. Um, Thanks. So... In in general, I think this this episode is probably much closer to the uh, level of quality in terms of just uh, excitement about the things that happen and immersiveness within the world um, of a like season two Sam and Max episode than the first episode of this season. It's mm-hmm. uh, it, it feels a lot bigger. And it feels a lot more uh, sort of bombastically epic in terms of the story it's telling, while still not actually being epic, because that's sort of Homestar Runner's thing, where um, any any real excitement that something cool is going to happen is undercut by um, just it happening in the lamest shaddy rack sort of way. <laughs> Like, if you do fight a monster on a bridge in order to cross into a warring country, but it's just your brother with, a like, a cardboard thing that he's holding up, <laughs> and a warring country is just Marzipan's house. Um, like, there, there's a lot of things like that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I feel like part of it is... This episode, and from what I gather, the rest of the episodes of the season have uh, 
they kind of have more standout themes to them. Like this, the first episode felt very, uh, very standard Homestar, which is good to kind of introduce you to the world. But then each following episode is kind of its own thing. It has its own sort of uh, story going on to uh, make it stand out. Like this one is all the countries uh, going to war. The next one, uh, spoilers, is the Battle of the Bands. So each episode kind of has its own thing going on. Whereas the first episode, it it, it does just kind of feel like a standard Homestar Runner occurrence. Which doesn't make it bad, but it does make it a little less standouty than the rest. So something to think about with Homestar Runner that I think is pretty interesting is that this is a thing that got popular by using um, internally consistent memes in a time period where that was still a very new idea. Um, so I think the fact that it's constantly referencing like very small sections of itself from other episodes and from earlier times in the in the series is an exciting thing for the time but something that now in in the year 2021 we're very used to and and it sort of permeates all of the culture that we take in or at least all the major stuff uh like the 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 most popular series of movies right now is a a 20 plus movie series of interconnected marvel things that all like their major selling point is the fact that they're internally referencing it their, themselves all the time but this was homestar's bread and butter at a time where that just wasn't happening so while sam and max um every episode represented a whole new idea with brand new characters telltale leaned very hard in Strong Bad's Cool Game for Attractive People, at referencing the pre-existing world of Strong uh, Strong Bad and Homestar. And yeah, not trying and, to push very far outside of it. Yeah, and personally, that's one of my favorite things about Homestar, is how there, there will like be just a one-shot joke, a joke that'll happen once, and then they will just like keep referencing it throughout the series. Uh you know, not every joke, but the ones that stand out. Like, I think about Senor Card Gage, how he just spawned from a single email and then just became a regular member of the cast. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah, Senor Card Gage is great. Um, and, and, like, Stinko Man was just a, a one-off joke about what if Strong Bad was sort of more anime. And then Stinko Man became an entire, like, sub-show within the show. Um, and the Trogdor, of course, is is probably the biggest example of that. Yeah, where it became a a genuine cultural mini phenomenon outside of even people knowing that it's Homestar in certain cases. Um, yeah, it was in Rock or not Rock Band Guitar, Guitar Hero. Hero. Yeah, uh, yeah, Guitar Hero Three, I think. That's but, crazy, and Limousine too. Yeah, limousine, and and that's that's another thing. So like, uh, this this episode's all about the countries and uh, military stuff that they've referenced throughout the show, which has been uh, 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 like a, a large thread to pick up on. Uh, the next episode is about all the fake bands they've ever made. So you got Sloshy and Tarantula and Limousine 
and uh i won't i won't ruin all the stuff that shows up but like there's a lot of fake music in homestar um and the next episode is about a uh a, a series of movies that strong bad made called dangeresque and then the last episode is something about video games again i won't i won't spoil it but you can see that just from the names of the episode uh, yeah. So, like, in, I guess the first episode sort of picks up on the fact that at the very beginning of the creation of Homestar Runner, it was about him being an athlete, uh, Homestar being an athlete. So it, it sort of ties into that, but mostly it feels like it's just a primer into the universe. Yeah, which makes sense. Sam and Max is kind of the same way, but it since it's kind of its own sort of Sam and Max continuity anyway... Um. It, it doesn't, it kind of eases everyone into it, whereas with Strong Bad, it's easing in people who might not, you know, have that connection to Homestar Runner or Strong Bad emails. But it, it's pretty uh, standard Homestar stuff if you're a fan of Homestar, which, which is fine. It's still good and funny. Uh, but I feel like this episode starts to do some uh, new stuff with it. Yeah, I guess something that is is worth thinking about is a an epi- an episode of Strong Bad Emails on the website, not the game, had the potential of introducing a brand new character like Trogdor or Stinko Man or Senor Card Gage or any any of the many miscellaneous um, characters introduced as side things in Homes or Homsar. Hamsar was that way originally. Hamsar's Hamsar might have been the first one. Uh, yeah, like like one of those kinds of introduced characters within the w- w- within the, in the world. The show can introduce and make their own characters. The uh, game cannot, and I think that that might be um, one one weakness that the game has in comparison to the source material it's it's actually adapting it can't introduce new characters in the way that the cartoons themselves can and that's that's something that i think if they kept this going that they may might have wanted to think about how that works um Mm -hmm. especially if this got a season two uh i'd want it to see it act a bit more like the cartoons itself where it can do its own stuff it can reference new things um without having to uh i i i guess i'm I'm not exactly sure how to word this like like take them from the cartoon first because this feels like such a it doesn't feel like an adaptation it feels like a continuation of the the cartoons and i guess that speaks to how good of an adaptation it is because it isn't the cartoons it's its own thing but it, yeah. it feels like maybe it should be trying some of that stuff uh i, to, to I wonder if one it's, complaint that's just i point. wonder if i wonder if it's harder to do for these games because it's something people actually have to pay for whereas the emails are just like little three to five minute shorts that anyone can watch for free so it's easier to introduce these new concepts uh Sure. Whereas yeah. in a game, it it might be like, uh, oh, well, you got to pay the uh, $20 to play it in order to see where this <laughs> reference came from. You don't know but Raggedy I... Ann's shoes? 
Raggedy Ann's <laughs> shoes is a very popular joke that we've always been talking about. And if you didn't play the game to find out about Raggedy Ann's shoes, you're not a real fan. Uh, you're just not going to know about Strong Sad's connection to those Raggedy Ann shoes. <laughs> Do you think he has them but can't wear them because his feet are basically <laughs> like hooves? Yeah, he liked them, so he bought them, but he can't wear them. Maybe he, maybe they're aspirational. Like if he loses enough weight, they'll fit. <laughs> he keeps he keeps them hanging on the wall to remind himself every day of his goals. <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's go through the episode. So the episode opens with uh, Strong Bad answering an email, like always. Where Roy T. Castle Hill, Roy T. from Castle Hill, asks him, what's the dumbest law the King of Town has ever passed? And in, in, in a rare moment of tolerance for his fellow neighbor, Strong Bad starts by explaining, you know, the King of Town's really not that bad. He's, he's, uh, he's a pretty alright guy, you know, if, if you just ignore him and let him do what he's going to do. He's uh he's a pretty gentle giant of a monarch in our little town. And then he gets slapped immediately with a new email tax from <laughs> the king of town where he needs to give the king of town a creamy ding, which is I think like basically a twinkie. Um It's it's kind of like a uh like a oh, what do you call them? What do you call those choco rolls? I don't think they're called Choco Rolls, but they're... <laughs> I was going to say, Choco Rolls sounds good. Um, <laughs> I would stick with that name. Good job, me. Yeah. Uh, like, is that, a, what it, is that what a Ding Dong is? Ding Dongs are like... They're like those, but they're just rounded versions. They're not like long tubes. So, okay, they're, yeah. So it, it's like a hockey the Twinkie or Ding Dong family dynasty. of products. They're in the Ding Dong Dynasty. Yeah, they're in the... Ooh, ooh, ooh I love that. Uh, they're in the <laughs> Ding Dong Dynasty. <laughs> this ain't your Ding Dong Dynasty. This is Duck this Dynasty. This ain't your average Ding Dong Dynasty. <laughs> uh, so an email tax, which is, uh, for Strong Bad, a very destructive tax. And um, every amount of goodwill that he was just showing toward the King of Town instantly evaporates. And... He's very mad at him now, and because he couldn't pay the tax, Strong Bad is now put under house arrest. Uh, and this is like the first mini act of the game, Act One. You're you're under house arrest. The introductory puzzle, base, if you will. Yeah. Um. Something else I I really love about this episode is that Strong Bad's put out uh, uh put on house arrest, and then immediately. The whole town, which is only like four people, but that's what Homestar does. <laughs> the whole town <laughs> uh, gathers outside of Strong Bad's window and sings protest songs about the king of town. They're totally on Strong Bad's side. The, they're like really in his corner. This doesn't happen for Strong Bad. This is a big deal. Yeah, they've seen through the king's uh, lies and uh, and problems and issues and and uh, showed up at Strong Bad's side for once in his life. <laughs> for once in his whole life. Um, what you need to do <laughs> is you need to burn the gate 
around uh, Strongbad's front door so you can leave. And you do that by building an effigy of the king of town next to it by throwing stuff like the like a blanket that looks like his robe and some couch stuffing that looks like his beard out your window and the cheat will build it for you outside and then having seen an effigy that is able to be burnt the townsfolk will burn it um this is a great little opening although there are uh, so so uh did we talk about it last time how there's a checklist in this game uh, about like a, a bunch of different things you need to do in order to get 100%. Yes. Okay. So Yes, we did. And and we've talked about how it's a lot of missable stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly why I didn't do it. So I looked at this and th- there was only one category that was like get these dialogue lines that you need to get. So I felt like, okay, maybe I'll I'll try it this time. Uh, and, and I did do everything else in the episode. I did every other thing. Um, and the the category I'm referring to with the dialogue lines is you need to give Strong Sad 13 different insults as names. Um, and three of them are hidden behind very sort of obtuse interactions in Act 1. That you cannot get back to. Uh, so I finished the the game uh, with like 100% of everything else. And I was missing three strong sad lines. Uh, because like I didn't give him the pillow at the beginning of the game. Mm. Why would I give him the pillow? That's so, that's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I, I guess I'll say this about uh, about this game. It's annoying, but I feel like it's not, like, the biggest issue in the world, only because if you're the kind of person who wants to go out and get that 100%, if you, like, replay this game, you, if you play it through once, you can just breeze through it afterwards and just get any missable things. It, these episodes become super easy once you know everything you have to do. I mean, I sort of agree, but I also... No, I, I agree with you. It's still annoying. I'm just saying, if someone wanted to... I don't think that it would be easy. I don't think it would be easy the second time. Because, like, I would remember to do the... uh, Maybe I'd remember this time to give him the pillow in Act 1 and insult Strong Sad in that way. But then I would probably forget to knight him with the fake sword before I put the fake sword up in Pom Pomerania. That's true. And just, like, a, a lot of other little things... Because I did get those the first time, but I I didn't necessarily have to. They're very missable. Um, Plus, if yeah. you already got them, you might forget that you would have to get them again. You would just think, oh, I already did this. No need to do it this time. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. Yeah, and all of a sudden, I'm on my third playthrough. And, <laughs> and then I'm like, well, I have no memory of, like, these are starting to run together. Did I get this one already or not? Like, I, I think it really is bad game design to like put it put a uh, checklist on these extremely missable moments and i i'm excited for telltale to grow out of it because they grow out of it with such a plum later in their career because with the walking dead it's all about missing content 
Like, it, it's designed around you not seeing something that your friend did see when they went through the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is probably a much more mature way to um, make exploring and looking for hidden things in the game exciting. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And for this playthrough, I'm I'm not really concerning myself with getting everything. Like if I get stuff cool, if I don't, no big deal. Because like for me, this is all new anyway. Like I get a lot out of it just from playing through it. So it doesn't really bug me that I don't get like every line uh, or knight all of the people with the fake sword, for example. Um, but I do agree that it should not be uh, missable things, especially since you have an extended play mode. Like that should yeah. be that should be like specifically for this sort of thing anyway. Yeah, the, the extended play not having access to all of those missable things really does suck. That feels like that's what it should be for. And I would be fine yeah. with it if you could do it and ex- if you could get all the stuff you missed in extended play. Um, but we were talking last episode and I said something incorrect. I said that there was nothing like the decals in Strong in uh, Sam and Max Season 2 mm-hmm. in this game where it would matter if you get 100% in each episode. I lied. It turns out I was wrong. Because Uh-oh. something that does carry over episode to episode are all the costumes that you find. That's true. I was very surprised to see that. Yeah, uh, I I think I totally knew that, and I just forgot uh, when we were talking about it. And you do get an extra costume f- uh, that is not on the, like, checklists of seven out of seven costume things to get. Oh, shit. When you get the max score in an episode. <gasps> um, this... I'm aghast. Yeah, this episode's Max Score t-shirt, like, if you get the Max Score, it gives you a t-shirt with Sam and Max on it. Wow. Yeah. Strong so Bad y- wearing a Sam and Max shirt? So you missed that, I guess. Oh, no. I would have liked that. I was only three strong, sad insults away. <laughs> uh, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh... While you're under house arrest, um, you can check out the game in the fun machine. Uh, This one is a strict step up from Snake Boxer 5. Mitch, you're going to hate me for this. I totally forgot to go back and do this game. I was so preoccupied with everything else. Oh, you never played it at all? I didn't. I might do it after this. Well, I got to talk about it because we have a podcast. Tell me all about it. So this game is called Math Math Kickers. Featuring the Algebros. Um, <laughs> the Algebros. It is an urban champion sort of... It, it, it's like a, a street-scrolling beat-em-up where you have a little bit of a Y-axis or maybe Z-axis. I, which, whichever one you think goes in. Um, <laughs> uh, but mostly you're like scrolling from uh, left to right. And you control two characters, Dex and Ryu. Um <laughs> the the this is a, a real great game so it's a math game sort of um like the <laughs> conceit is that you are given these equations uh 
it'll be, for example, 5 minus x equals 1, solve for x. And what you actually have to do is, like, it, on, on one side of the screen, for 5 minus x equals 1, five bad guys will show up. And on the right side of the screen, one bad guy will show up. Um, and you need to punch four of the five bad guys to kill them so the sides of the screen are equal, thus balancing the equation and solving for X. Wow. Um, if it sounds complicated, it, it I think it's, it is supposed to be, but it isn't. Because really, in every single circumstance, what you actually have to do is ignore the math it's telling you and just punch the side with more guys until the two sides have the same number of guys. Wow, a little mathematician over here. <laughs> you know me. Um, so that's <laughs> that's the game. And then it'll give you a... Sometimes it'll have a boss show up, which is just this giant block with a quadratic equation in it. And <laughs> there's no math at all. You just keep punching it until like it keeps factoring itself until it eventually solves itself by you punching it enough times it's wow it's an educational game with with very little intent to actually teach you math and mostly just punch things that are math (laughs) um but but I, i think the 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 standout thing about this game is that uh, while Snake Boxer 5 was an Atari 2600 style game where it um, it had very few colors, most of the background was black, it like it, it wasn't rendering very much. It, it, it was early 80s, not like 80s, uh-huh. like early 80s. This is like a late 80s NES game. It the, the whole background's drawn in uh, like you're going through a city street where there's um. There, there, there's a pizza restaurant that scrolls in the background sometimes called Pi R Squared. Um, <laughs> like the, the, there's little jokes in the background. The 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 combat is is not interesting. It's just you you press the button to punch, and if you punch, the guy dies. But it, you have to avoid like little division signs they throw out as ninja stars. It's a whole thing. <laughs> it 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 feels like a game. Feels like a game. Like, yeah, it feels like a game. Wow. That is a step up from Snake Boxer 5. Yeah, you missed out, Dusty. Oh, uh, well, maybe I'll play it after this, but also maybe I won't. But I, I'll try. Yeah, you, sh- you should just just do this part. D- don't try to do the rest. But um, yeah, Just I, play I, it to experience it and see what it has to offer. Yeah, because Math Cookers is is a telltale game, if you think about it. So wow. I guess you got to talk about it on the podcast. No, but it, it's it's still not like it's still not better than the rest of the game, which I think is something that <laughs> will start to become annoying with these games where it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> not better than like the rest of what I'm experiencing in this episode. So I, I don't want to spend so much time on it. But um, but yeah, it, it exists and it, it's all right this time. That's good. I'm glad. Um, and Dex and Ryu are, are based on X and Y. Like, Dex's shirt has a big X on it, and Ryu's little headband thing is tied up in a way that, like, the pixels on the back of the knot of it make it look like the letter Y. It's a, it's 
it's fun. It's just a fun, dumb, shitty thing. Like, <laughs> um, in order to max out the score that you need, in order to get a max score on the episode, you need to get a score of 2,000 on Math Kickers, which is, I know is very doable without finding any of the cheat codes um, in the episode for... Uh, the, the cheat codes in this episode that you get from finding the manual pages are combo moves that you can uh, get. One of them is called Polar Coordinates that freezes your enemies, and one of them is called Divide by Zero um, that I don't... I actually don't know what that does because I didn't find any of these before I played the game. I, it was like one oh. of the first things I did under House Arrest before I found any of the pages. But you got the 2,000 points before even leaving? Yeah, I actually, uh, I got a game over on 2,044 points, so I wow. it was pretty close. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely seems like something that would have helped, maybe, but um, not in the way that would make it entirely trivial, like the uh, Cobra Secret Mode in Snake Boxer 5. Right, right, right. I want Telltale to come back in earnest and just the first thing they make is Snake Boxer 6. <laughs> Snake I wonder Boxer if six, Telltale or uh, Vid- Videlectrix has the uh, rights to Snake Boxer. That's a good point. I wonder since, like, technically this is part of the Homestar universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they say it's a Videlectrix game, and Videlectrix is is a real incorporated company, like, in real life. Um, so that's interesting to think about. Is it just the Brothers Chaps? Yeah, but, like, it, this game is, um, like, on the books, developed in collaboration between Telltale Games and Videlectrix. Yeah, it, um, it was their, it's basically what they used to say like the brothers chaps co-developed basically yeah yeah um if it's interactive that is what they'll they'll use to say uh they did yeah i like that so anyway um by by having your townsfolk burn the effigy of the king of town in front of your house you destroy the uh house arrest gate because and you need to do that you can't just break the law because if you go through the gate with the uh, the the house arrest thing on, your you have a shock collar that will make your head explode. Uh, if your you head explode. Your head do explode if you try it. <laughs> um. In, did you try it? Because it, the animation yes. is great. <laughs> yes, I did. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. There was a whole like camera effect on it and everything. It was great. It was flying back into the wall. Um, so that's act one. It, it, it should only take like a couple minutes compared to the majority of the, the episode. Act two is by far the largest act of the episode, which is all about, um, strong bad gets fed up with the king of town. He wants to go take over and usurp the town's, uh, leadership. He, so he wants strong badia to, um, it, basically strong badia is going to uh replace free country usa in the official governance of of the area and he almost gets everyone into it but then 
when he has this idea, every single other person is like, yeah, I should also do a country. <laughs> like, there's no reason to join Strong Bad's country. You just do your own country. Um, and you you go from place to place, and, and you, you make a lot of um, alliances. You, you have a lot of people join up. Uh, there, I like that there's only one place you can't absorb, which is Bub's concession stand. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a neutral country. Yeah, it's basically Switzerland. It won't be part of it. it <laughs> it'll help you out if you want. So it's it's fine showing support, but it's not going to not show support for the king of town also. Yeah, and Bubs shows support for us. Uh, he helps Strong Bad out. He uh, helps Pom Pom out. He's all over the place. Yeah, um... There, there's a really great, like, uh, Muzak remix of the Strong Badian National Anthem on some of these parts, um, w- w- which I love because that was a song it. that I think was originally included on the Strong Bad Scene Sings uh, CD. I, I love it on the CD. I, I think they did it... Uh, like, that wasn't the first appearance of the anthem, was it? It appeared in, like, an email before, right? I don't know if it did before or after the CD, because the CD was like 2002 or three. It was early. Was it that early? I, that yeah. doesn't sound right. It was. It, w- it was like really early. Um, wow. I, which is weird to think about, because it's still like the CD of songs from the show. But it's songs from like the first fifth of the show, maybe. Um, but what, what's also weird is that there's... <laughs> Like, if you go watch some of the earliest uh, Homestar cartoons, like The Search for the Yellow Dello, that is just, it, it's very poorly animated in comparison to everything else. It, it's a, it looks super early. The brothers chaps were clearly unpracticed. That was in 2000. And then just anything in 2003 was already like 50 females in, and it's it's totally, like just three years later, it had be- completely become the thing it was going to be already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's weird to think about just how fast it got off the ground. Yeah, it's good. they just had their whole world, the sense of humor, the characters all laid out. Um, yeah, I just looked it up. You were right, uh, November seventeenth, two thousand three. But I like that it only this year got a vinyl album release. Yeah, <laughs> only in 2021. Yeah, February wow. 23rd, 2021. It got a vinyl. That's that's literally 18 years later. That yeah, <laughs> that's intense. Um, what's your favorite country in the in this um in this part of the game? Um, let me see. I like. Uh, that Homestar and Marzipan share a country, and and yeah. that doesn't go so well. Yeah, it, it has a little schism near the end between uh, <laughs> Marzastar and and uh, Homestar. I I also like uh the cheat and uh the oh, the cheat tireia. That's it. Yeah, the cheat I'm and s- the tire, the the tire from Strong Badia secede early into their own thing called the cheat and tireia <laughs> which, which strong bad uh lets them know is not a great name yeah uh <laughs> i love bleak house 
which is what strong sad just calls the strong house um <laughs> bleak houses like the strong sad's whole deal in this episode is pretty great um he becomes your cultural advisor and that will just mean that he follows you from country to country almost helping but never really quite getting there to help <laughs> um and yeah, I like that Strong Sad does a lot more in this episode. Because in the first episode, he's kind of walled off. He's just always in his room. He doesn't really take part in the episode much. But here, he's there for a big chunk of it. Yeah, they... they, they um, Despite having the cast of characters predetermined, like we were talking about earlier, this game really can't make new characters the way Sam and Max can. Um, they're doing a really efficient job of rotating through them and choosing when to make each one important. Uh, like Strong said, was not very important last episode and is this episode. Um, alternatively, Coach Z was very important last episode, barely appears in this episode at all. Right. Um, he is very important at the end, though, in a in a roundabout sort of way. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Uh, it, it, it's weird that <laughs> he is in that way, but yeah. Um, yeah, I... Uh, Pom Pom Arania is another one that so Pom Pom just hangs out in the local nightclub um, and he's decided like yeah this is a country this is this is it uh, and <laughs> he's it's gonna just argue all about being cool and chill yeah you gotta have the uh, the coolest drink to look cool on the dance floor to impress Pom Pom enough to join Strong Badia. One thing I like about this episode is the puzzles aren't, like, the most challenging. They're pretty doable without, like, really racking your brain. Because even just in this dance club, you have the box of glow sticks. Um, yeah. I, I guess there's a couple things that could throw you off. There's some things you need to dig around to find. Which, in the, in the first episode, I think all the things you uh, dig up are optional things like the teen girl squad cards and the, uh, and the so on and so forth. But in this episode, you actually need to dig for items you need. Yeah. Um, there, there's a couple times in this episode with like, especially with the, the glow sticks. So the cheat has a box of glow sticks and you need to take one of them and put them in a drink that bubs gives you at the bar uh, and then take that drink to the uh, the dance floor, and that is the thing that impresses Pom Pom. And it's like just it's all right there. And I think they probably could have done a better job at like disguising the obviousness of that puzzle. Um, like I, how I, I, maybe you buy a drink at Bub's concession stand and bring it. Like I I don't know. There, there there's some there's some stuff they could have done. I kind of agree, but at the same time, it's not like that's all there is to it. You, because if you do that, then it doesn't really even help you out because you still need music playing. So to do that, you need to um, you need to get the cheat on your team first. Oh, I I didn't know that. Okay, so yeah, I, if, I think I hadn't the gone there first. before getting the cheat on my t on my side. So if you go there before you recruit the cheat you don't there's no music yeah playing? yeah there's no music playing in the club and because there's no music playing you can't look cool with just the drink 
Oh, so okay. you you need to get someone to come there to play the music first, and you do that once you get the cheat. That's a little more involved than I thought it was. So that that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So I I think uh, the, probably the, the weirdest turn and maybe the closest thing to establishing like very new character lore that this episode does is for Hamsar. <laughs> um, on the Hamsar reservation is Hamsar where he's just floating around being nonsense and there, there's like a bunch of giant boulders just floating in midair in the background um, and you, you can tell like oh this is a thin spot in this reality this is where things don't really work correctly and this is where Hamsar's <laughs> from I guess Hamsar's um, hometown makes... his origin point it makes sense with with uh, how Hamsar has been portrayed in the past that he might be extra planar. He might be from a different reality uh, where <laughs> physics works differently and language works differently. Um, <laughs> and you can perform a little ritual in order to understand Hamsar's language. Uh, and all of a sudden, he's got like this very... Uh, very clear voice, in, but but in a in an obvious Native American accent. Um, it, so, so now you can understand Hamsar. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I was I was wowed at being able to understand Hamsar for the first. This is the first time ever that you can understand Hamsar. Yeah, and it doesn't last for very long because as soon as he does what you needed to, the the thing wears off, and then he just goes back to being like. I was raised by a cup of coffee and all the stuff that that Homestar says. Yeah, but let's let's be specific in that it's not that you make it so Homestar is speaking normal. It you make it so you can understand him. Yeah. So this this is this is what he's saying. You've just never been able to understand his way of saying it. Yeah, I I think there's there's again some like mid-2000s edginess to trying to like make the the most nonsensical least uh lucid character in the cast suddenly become a native american stereotype um that has gone along with some of the other telltale stuff that we've talked about in the past uh which is yeah. like calling it the homsar reservation like it's very clear what they're doing here um, mm-hmm. yeah it's you know, after 16 episodes of this, I'm just sort of beginning to, like, lean into this is what Telltale was for a very long time, um, which is yeah. a bummer. But, like, it, it's, I guess this is, this one more than some of the ones in Sam and Max is not saying, it doesn't feel like it's really saying anything about Native American culture. It's just using it which is still not good but it's it's different it's not yeah it's it's not uh malicious i would say i think yeah i don't know i like i can't say that but who knows yeah (laughs) um (laughs) yeah um by the way last episode we were talking how uh about how homestar may or may not have a house because he has a room with with a cow lamp in it that we've definitely seen before. 
But this is the third episode in two weeks that that cow lamp has been brought up <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's a good little cow lamp. The cow lamp joke is so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's one of my favorites in the series. Um, but we've, we've got a confirmation here that Homestar had to go back to his house from Marzipan's house at one point yeah. here. Uh, so they did confirm in dialogue, Homestar's house is a different house. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, there, so that's a more that's a more lore. Yeah, more lore. Although I, I don't think I, I, I think it's corrective lore because I don't I would not have assumed Homestar and Marzipan live together full time if not for the previous episode of this game. So it, it's sort of yeah. It, it's only I'm only considering it lore because it like said something else just the last episode but uh that's yeah. fine home homestar's house is a rare occurrence so you know it's fine if it kind of slips your mind that it happened yeah so once you get um once you get through various means homsar the cheat strong mad um pom pom homestar and coach z on your side uh homestar organizes them into the the homestar army to fight on behalf of strong badia against the king of town and what an army you raid the castle and then there's like a two weeks later cutaway joke and it sucks being the king of town strong bad hates being the king of town so much um and it's revealed that the king of town also hated being the king of town and was Roy T from Castle Hill that emailed him at the beginning of the episode trying to trick him into becoming the new king of town taking the job away from him. What it a twist. It was all a setup. What a twist. Who would have guessed the king of town would have had it in him? Yeah, I guess... Um... <laughs> Not strong bad. It's it's uh, a, a little bit of an actual good mystery. <laughs> I I liked it. Yeah, I, liked that, I, that I, I never would have guessed the king of town would have had it in him to pull this over on strong bad. Yeah, I think that maybe this this goes a little bit against the the character of the king of town because we've we've seen the king of town do some wild stuff as the king of town that clearly he is enjoying having the power to do um in 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 previous uh cartoons and even just in the last episode of this game um the king of town is enjoying the spoils of being the king of town and this episode saying that he doesn't like that is a little bit of a it seems a little out of character for me but also i i can totally buy it it seems <laughs> yeah maybe maybe believable. he's just gotten sick of the spoils maybe he's at a point in his life where the he's so used to the spoils that he yearns for something more, like answering emails. So the very last thing you do in this uh, in this game is you send an email to King of Town, who is now answering his emails at your house for some reason. He's just living at your house now. <laughs> He's taking on your roles, basically. E answering emails and playing video games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is... A scene where they show him answering an email, and uh, this email is like the perfect strong bad email. It's like, "Hey, 
King of Town, have you ever, like, kissed a bunch of ladies while doing a backflip on some lasers or, or whatever it was? And then the, the King of Town says, hmm, no, Mr. Fingerbottom, I can't say that I have. Thanks for the email. And that's just the, <laughs> that's just his whole response. Um, he doesn't even make fun of him. His name being Mr. Fingerbottom. Strong Bad hates that. He, he gets very mad at, at the King of Town's uh, email <laughs> answering protocol. But uh, you you send the King of Town a tax notice on Creamy Dings, which angers the King of Town. That makes him want to become the King of Town again. Um, and then you play a board game, Maps and Minions. Uh, and th- this is the last thing you do in the episode. You play the board game and you actually control the King of Town's side trying to beat your own side. Um, it's sort of like Risk a little bit. In, in that there are territories to uh, conquer on the way to um, a- acquiring a-, a foothold in the other side. And it's also sort of like chess a little bit, where, where certain pieces have different abilities, and you need to, it, it's mostly about placement of getting... You need your king of town to be in the castle in order to win. Right. What did you think of this little minigame? So I had a memory that this sucked. Um, <laughs> I, I remembered having a hard time when I played it the first time. Um, but I, I don't think it sucks. I think it's cool. Now, yeah, y- you know what's funny is my reaction is almost the exact same as yours, except I didn't have that memory because I never played it before. I just went in thinking oh, this looks like something that'll suck. And then it didn't. I enjoyed it a lot. I was nervous you weren't going to like it because I remember the, the first episode of Bone. Um, mm-hmm. There was the, the a, a sort of similar section where you play uh, you play the bug hopping across the rocks. And... Yeah, I, I did not like that, but I did like this a lot. I feel like once I got into it, once I figured out what all the characters did, I was really invested, like... I was like, oh, I hope Homestar doesn't get the king. <laughs> yeah, I was able to do it in eight turns. I didn't do it that well. I got it in ten, but still. All right. I just need to know I'm better, but that's okay. Okay. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I could do that for you. Yeah, th- th- there's some interesting mechanics here where, um, l- like, of the enemy team, there's only three people on the enemy team. There's Strong Sad, there's Strong Mad, and Homestar. And Strong Sad can be placated by Homsar. And Strong Mad can be placated by the Cheat. So, like, a, a, a good first movement is to get the Cheat over to Strong Mad and Homsar over to Strong Sad. And Homestar wins every fight. So, what you can do is throw your most expendable person, who, like, otherwise is useless, which is Coach Z. Just keep throwing him <laughs> at, at Homestar. And he will occupy Homestar's time. There's a lot of little strategy things, even in this small, sort of almost throwaway end of episode board game. Yeah, it's it's crazy how much uh, thought went into the actual strategy of this game. I had a good time uh, doing it. Uh, I like that Coach Z exists basically to just be a punching bag for this. Yeah, it, it, 
him and and Homestar are very interesting pieces in this uh, board game because like Homestar just doesn't lose any fights. It it, it this I don't think any game. of their guys. If so, here's the thing: you have you can't win any fights, right? Unless you can, all the best you can do is get in a draw with your pieces, with uh, certain other pieces. But all of your characters will lose to any other characters that aren't that matchup. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Homestar will beat any of your guys. Uh, Strong Mad will send any of your guys all the way back. So, yeah, your only strategy is to figure out how to get these pieces to other specific pieces. And well, then Strong I Mad feel won't like... send any of your guys back. It, it's yeah. all of them except the cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I love that Coach Z only... So if you block the king with the Poopsmith's uh, veil, uh, I don't know if this is how it happens or if it's just the way it worked out. It felt like Homestar always went for Coach Z. I Coach Z versus Homestar was a matchup I had like three or four times. Uh, and it's very funny. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's definitely the, the dominant strategy, I think, to just distract Homestar with Coach Z. But I, I did have him go for my Poop Smith once or twice. Um, I didn't have him go for him, but he just kind of did go for him once. But luckily, by that point, the king was already like near the end anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's most of this episode. But did you play the Teen, gr- uh, teen Girl Squad? Yes, I did play the Teen Girl Squad. What did you think of this Teen Girl, girl Squad? Teen I thought Girl it was very Squad. Funny. Teen Cave Girl Squad. I thought it was very funny with uh, Og Augerson, mm-hmm. captain of the Mammoth Hunt team. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, and uh, you got Anub is um, in Egypt, really just mixing together all kinds of cave times. Yeah. I don't like um, these. I think these are my least favorite recurring thing in Strong Bad's cool game for attractive really? people. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't try to go for a high score. I just, I just wanted to see funny little happenings. I, I, I think I it's think hard the to figure out the they strategy. Put a score on this is kind of a bummer because it makes you feel like you're trying to solve something. Yeah, when it should just be like a fun little do whatever you want just to see how it plays out. Yeah, but there, there shouldn't be at any point like if I give the alien to so and so, it'll just progress to the next turn if i give the cat to so-and-so it'll kill her so there, there there's almost a logic to trying to figure out how to solve it but it's all guess and check yeah and it's a very tedious guess and check because you have like 12 um tools that you can use at any given time and there's a lot of times to use them so the the, the full number of combinations of things that can happen in this is quite large yeah, it's not really something worth uh, worrying yourself over. No, um, I... But they are funny. They are funny little scenes seeing the Teen Girl Squad uh, characters get killed in various ways. This is the first time I think I've advocated for this uh, publicly for a Telltale game. But if you want to um, get the, the high score on this, do look up the walkthrough to the Teen Girl Squad stuff. I don't think you're losing anything by looking up a walkthrough to it. Yeah. I, I don't think you're even technically cheating. It's just 
you are allowing yourself to see the answer where you probably just wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, it's saving you a lot of time. A lot of time doing a not fun thing that is attached to something that is a fun game. Because, the, the, yeah, there, there's so many little things that make this, like, I, I think solidly a weaker game than S- Sam and Max. And, and I, I feel sad saying it because I love Homestar so much. But, um, like, there, there's so many little decisions in, in here that's just like, oh, man, why didn't you just not do that thing? Right, uh, mm-hmm. Teen Girl Squad, or like the way it calculates points, or the missable uh, dialogue stuff that is not available in extended play, all of that stuff. I just really wish it had reconsidered some of the design elements of this game before going, uh, before publishing yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I us- like last episode, I didn't even bother with either of them, and I still had a good time, so. Mm-hmm. Again, like, unless you want to get the bonus stuff and you have to do it, don't really bother. Because as far as I'm concerned, the episode, the meat of the episode is the story. Like Sam and Max. Yeah. So I'm, it's hard for me to really hold Teen Girl Squad or uh, the Vitalectrics games against the episode when they're just, like, bonus things you don't have to do anyway. I do think the... I th- I think missing things for the uh, end score is a bit more of a problem, just because it's it seems like something that would be so easy to make not a problem with the uh, extended play. But um, I don't know. To me, as long as the main episode works out, then it's fine. Then I would consider it a good episode still. Yeah, I I might I might just have a fundamental difference. In in, uh, in in opinion there where I yeah I, I think that you can diminish the quality of a game by including bad optional things um, even I if they that. are optional. Um, mm-hmm. Although to be clear, I, I hold the the Teen Girl Squad and the Vitalectrics games in totally different camps. Uh, the Vitalectrics games are are way better than the Teen Girl Squad. <laughs> they are they are at least games. They are at least like. They they're designed to be played and they're designed to be fun. Do you know what the um how people felt about the Teen Girl Squad stuff at the time? I kind of think they felt about the same way. Where like the first episode, <laughs> um, I don't I don't remember any specific forum threads about it, but I I do remember hearing like yeah yeah like how would I know how to solve this? This is it seems like there's an internal logic that I'm not getting. But also, I'm like a human being who knows how to talk. Like I, I should, I should understand <laughs> if there is a logic. Like it should appear, appear to me, uh, and it isn't. And that that was prevalent at the time. Like the first episode, it was maybe fine, and then they were like, "Oh, every episode, Teen Girl Squad, huh? <laughs> we're doing this every time." <laughs> um, that's uh, not great. <laughs> they they're not super fun to do. I wonder if uh, if Strong Bad got a season two, if they would have uh, ironed out things like this, uh, cut out things that didn't work, uh, streamlined it a little. Because I would say Sam and Max season two is better than season one, but I don't necessarily think it had like 
I don't necessarily think season one had stuff that cutting it out made season two better or anything. But I wonder if this got se- huh. a season two, if they would be like, uh, all right, well, Teen Girl Squad isn't working. We'll just cut it or make it, you know, a, a non-scored thing. Just a fun little what you call it. Yeah, I guess just the 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 format of a Sam and Max episode is looser. So you can do something like Chariots of the Dogs that has a completely different like hub structure. And mm. that's just fine. That's just okay. Um, yeah. So because Homestar is much more of an adaptation than Sam and Max was for Telltale, um, some of the things are more set in stone of what you need to be able to do in an episode. And I guess... It just sort of calcified into a, a, a more. Um, I think the checklist helps it feel this way too. It's just like every episode is one of the same type, more so than Sam and Max episodes, where mm-hmm. one episode of Sam and Max could be a completely different thing. Yeah. So I, I wonder if we got a season two if they would have ironed out stuff like that. But uh, unfortunately, we can't say. Yeah, I, I remember some of the biggest negative feedback at the time was the missable um, stuff. Like, th- this is not a new idea. Even in 2008, people were saying, hey, if there's an extended play, I should be able to get the other strong, sad insults in extended play. This is sort of rough. Yeah, I, I like, we've harped on this already, but it does seem like such an obvious thing. Like, that should be the whole point of extended play. Yeah, um, and... Something that was loved, though, on, on the flip side of that at the time. Mm. Something that was just absolutely adored were the Vitelectrix games. That was nice. people's, like, favorite part sometimes. Wow, that's an interesting point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you you should play Math Kickers. You, sh- you really should go back and play Math Kickers. I will, I will, I will. Um. Because, like, Snake Boxer, yeah, Snake Boxer is not special. It's it's a diversion. Math Kickers feels like so, someone really put their passion project inside of this side mini game <laughs> at, at Telltale. Like, someone cared about Math Kickers. Enough to make it into an actual game for you to play. Yeah, and I, I think it's just um, being an NES game, or in style at least, is a big step up from being an Atari game. Right. Um yeah, it's kind of like um, in, in Rare Replay, if you play some of the, the ZX Spectrum games, they're just not, like, <laughs> full-bodied <laughs> compared. Some of them are great fun. Like, I, I think Jetpack, and I even really like Lunar Jetman a lot. Um, they, they can be fun in terms of, like, physics simulations and, and stuff like that. Um, but then you mm-hmm. play what they were able to do just a couple of years later on NES, and it's a it's a hugely different thing. It's a big leap. Yeah, it's it's funny. I went into uh, Slalom thinking it wasn't going to be that fun. I went in thinking, oh, great, now I got to play Slalom, I guess, to get these uh, stamps. But no, I had a lot of fun with uh, Slalom. Yeah, I still have to... I, I have been, for the last five years, like, slowly going through Rare Replay every now and again, bringing out Rare Replay and trying to 100% one of the games. Still need to do Underworld. Will not... I probably will not uh. never do it. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I, so I annoying. did it. I did it, but 
it's it's a rough one. I think of all those games, all those uh, Spectrum games, maybe even all of Rare Replay, I would say Underworld is probably near the bottom. Yeah, I've, if, no, if easy. not the bottom. Easy. Yeah, un- unfortunately, this isn't a uh, a Rare podcast, but I will say bottom two, that and Perfect Dark Zero. Perfect Dark Zero, I, I would I understand the complaints against it, but just on a fundamental level, it I have a very hard time believing that it could be anywhere near under under uh, Underworld. I had a very hard time getting all those stamps because you do it by getting achievements for that game because it's a 360 game. And boy, you got to play a lot of multiplayer matches. I think it took me months to beat to get everything in Perfect Dark Zero. I uh, never want to play it again. Okay, you don't have to. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Um... <laughs> You're so understanding. What if you did have to, though? That'd be rough. I'm probably going to have to because of a little side project I want to do, but we'll get to that. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, let's head into our segments. Yes. Yeah, These episodes are longer. I guess it's it's easier to talk about Homestar um, and lose track of time. That's but... true. I feel like when we talk about these episodes, they do have more flaws than the, than the Sam and Max games. But I just feel like I love Homestar Runner so much that I don't care. Well, like, I, mean, I, I still the, love the these just, just because they're Homestar. To talk about too, so, yeah, you know. exactly. So our first segment is linguistic gymnastics. That's not about us talking. That's about these little wacky characters saying wacky lines. Dustin, do you have any good lines this week? I do have some. I feel like it's going to be a common problem in these episodes that I had last week where just just the way they speak makes every line a potential linguistic gymnastic. Yeah. But I do have some standouts. Um, let me go up to the top of my list here. Um, it's when Strongbad is... Answering one of his emails, uh, asking about uh, the others in his crew, uh, the cheat and strong mad, uh, and what they do. And strong bad says, I imagine they sit around and discuss whatever cool thing I did or said or sat on earlier in the day. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's almost a, a reskinning of that uh, that Simpsons joke. Like whenever he's not on screen, the character should be talking about like, where is he? Why? When Where's will he Poochie? be on screen? <laughs> another one is uh it's it's when you're uh looking around at all the different uh countries and you see the car is split up into two countries and if you look at the back of it he says uh hatchbackistan if this nation's a rockin you know what to not come do <laughs> yeah <laughs> um there's one where he's talking about the He's talking to the cheat. He's trying to get uh, the cheat to come back to Strong Badia. And uh, he says, you convert carbon dioxide into oxygen so we can breathe. I have that one written down. <laughs> oh, right. That's plants. <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I took that one. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, another one is... Uh, so they have this narrator who uh, starts talking anytime you usurp a country. And he has a very funny voice. 
And I feel like this line is just the delivery. It's when you get a uh, strong sad uh, on your on your side. Uh, he says, better luck next time, doughboy. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, one is when you're when you buy the strong bad doll, the wobbly strong bad doll from Bubs. And you give him uh, 100 strong baddie bills called quesos. And Bub says, 100 quesos? That's got to be worth at least a million poopies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poopies being the currency of uh, the poop smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one I'll say is uh, when you discover the king of town, it's it's all been a ruse. The king of town set you up. Uh, Strong Bad says, uh, would you call it chicanery? And Strong Sad says, I actually might, yes. Yeah, I, I like that moment a lot. They, they have a brotherly bond. In, in yeah, that. it's rare, but every now and then Strong Bad and Strong Sad will find some common ground, like uh, Sloshy, as short-lived as Strong Bad's interest in Sloshy was. Yeah, uh, but if you're actually looking for any kind of personality or physicality overlap between all three brothers strong, there's nothing there, uh, <laughs> like, almost at all. <laughs> but sometimes you do get a little glimpse of, like, strong sad and strong bad are actually interested in mostly the same stuff. Um, like, like, I think strong bad would make fun of strong sad's specific interest in D&D but then he'll go play video games all day like they're they're both into very nerd stuff they both yeah. you know continue to live at home just in different rooms of the same one home um can i just say they have a pretty swanky home like yeah. when you're trapped under house arrest at the beginning i it's crazy how there's just like so many rooms you have this basement floor uh, you ha- you have the top floor. You had three floors of this building, all with like so many rooms. It's crazy. Yeah. So one thing I love about <laughs> this house, and I, I I forgot about it, but I wrote it down in my notes because I I love it so much, is that you go to Strong Mad's room through Strong Sad's bathroom. Yeah, I I noticed that too. How the bathroom in the house is connected to Strong Sad's room, and then that's the connecting room to Strong Sad and Strong Mad. Yeah, there's no other way to get into Strong Mad's room other than through the bathroom of Strong Sad. <laughs> that's a weird house. Yeah, it's a weird sort of bad house. Um, <laughs> it's it's bad, but I I think it's pretty good considering the people who live there. Well, if I like, was strong sad, I would be terrified that the giant cube of a man strong mad would have to go through my room every time he wants to do anything. Just so, like, I'm just, like, laying down in bed thinking about, I don't know, death. <laughs> and uh, I'm just being strong sad. And then all of a sudden, just the door slams open and strong mad barely pushes through the frame. Barely fits. I want to get through! Just, just screaming and running through your room as fast as he can. <laughs> oh, that's true. Three times but a day. But as an, as an outside source, uh, it's very funny to witness. But if I were strong sad, I feel like I probably wouldn't as I wouldn't be as into it. Yeah, I love the basement they have. Just yeah, this... it's it's a cool little place to hang out. 
this cool like one couch one tv one arcade game basement that's all you need yeah um it's funny how uh strong bad just has his game system in his room i guess it's not that weird but like if this were an entertainment room i would probably do something like put the fun machine in that room so you you kind of have like that's the place to go to hang out and have fun yeah, I I actually but it's have not a very that similar weird. setup where where all my game stuff is just in my room. But then if I want to entertain people, there's there's a different room where I would have to bring stuff to it if I want to play games there. But um, but I I don't know. It, I I think that there's a there's a reason for that. But I I see what yeah. you mean. Yeah, no, it, it it just strikes me as something I could do. But then also in this house I live in. Uh, we kind of have a situation like that where we have a bunch of video game systems in the main room where anyone can just come play them. But here in my room, I have like a bunch of my own game systems here too. So if I just want to game by myself, I have the option. You do live in a situation that is nearly dorm-esque in how much everyone there enjoys video games, uh, which I don't think is a, a common living situation necessarily. Yeah, it all works out. Yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm jealous, honestly. You can just always have a game night anytime you want to do it, and no one even needs to come over from a long distance. Yeah, that's just the way it is. It's it's the longest distance we have to go is like a room. Uh, I think there's a very subtle joke in the layout of this house that I can't tell if it's on purpose, but it definitely rings true to me. Where uh, if you want to go downstairs and watch TV, they put the washing machine right next to you. So, so if someone's running it, it's just going to be super loud while you're watching TV. Um, yeah, some houses are just like that. That's how our apartment is. Yeah, I, uh, well, I was, I was very recently living with someone who, uh, would it seemingly to me, I'm not exactly sure if it was purposeful, but it seemed purposeful. They would time it. So when I turned on the TV, they were like, oh, we're doing stuff in the main room and then would do laundry like right then and it would be very loud while everyone's trying to watch tv wow you had your own strong bed yeah i my my roommate of of a of a year and a half would uh see seem to really want to do laundry right when um i did not want him to the most (laughs) i'm sorry mitch yeah i'm sad about it it's fine i don't live there anymore (laughs) Uh, do you have yeah, any more lines? Yeah, it's not a situation. No, that's all the lines I got. Um, you, you got a couple of mine. Uh, and it's, I'm it's, sorry. No, it's totally fine. Uh, there was one. If you check during house arrest on the TV in the basement, um, Strong Bad explains that they only have the History Channel unleashed. And the, <laughs> like the voice on the TV goes, It was then that General Sherman unleashed his secret weapon. A slightly larger tank. And I like that line. Um, there, there's also a, a, a moment where you're getting drinks at Pom Pomerania. And Bubs is just making comments on your drinks as you're getting them. Um, and they're all really dismissive. If you choose to get a can of Bull Honky, uh, Bub says, I remember when people thought it was cool to order Bull Honky. Just completely <laughs> taking you down just for drinking a bull honky. 
Um, uh, oh, there, this I don't know if this one should count, but there's a sneak peek for the next episode in the credits. Mm-hmm. And one of my lines is from that. Um, I think it counts. It's not like it's part. It's in the next episode. I think it might be, but I don't remember. Oh. Um, I, I think most of the sneak peeks are, are like reused assets. Oh, okay. Um, but the <laughs> coach Z and Bubs have a rapping team, uh, and this is <laughs> this is what what Coach Z raps. My name's Coach Z, and Bubs is my cohort. We are the cheat kickers, and we're kicking the shorts. <laughs> He calls him the cheat and then the chort. Yeah, it's the cheat in two different pronunciations in the same sentence. Uh, love that. Oh, that's good. Uh, how about our potent pickup? Dustin, what's your potent pickup this week? Oh, I have a potent pickup, all right. And he, and he goes by the name of Tony Stoney. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Tony Stoney. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing about Tony Stoney is you don't get, like, a whole lot of jokes with him. It's it's not like an item you can use on different things, like Homestar's phone. But it's just such a... It's, like, a character. It's a whole character with a fun name that you can put in your inventory. And you use him for the, uh, for the draft wheel. And I thought that was a pretty fun puzzle, finding out exactly where to put the wheel and how... Put him on the back of the wheel, I mean, and how the wheel works. Uh, it really made me go like, oh, I get it. I see. Thanks, Tony Stoney. <laughs> uh, I did not remember Tony Stoney from anything else. Is this a pre-existing concept before the game? Um, Let me look it up. I don't think so. I don't remember Tony Stoney in the series. Yeah, because this is just a great like addition to Strong Mad's character that he appointed Tony Stoney, which is a rock with a face drawn on it. To be his vice president. Uh, okay. So it is from Homestar Runner. Tony Stoney is a large rock with a red bow that Strong Mad got for December Ween and Homestar presents presents. Cool. So this was, we even saw him get Tony Stoney. Yeah, th- this is, I mean, these are the only two times it appears. So this is a very, very inside uh, Homestar reference. Gotcha. He appeared in Homestar Presents Presents and Strong Badia the Free. That That's the complete filmography of Tony Stoney. Um, mine is the tuning fork. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, did you use it on anything? Um, I used it in general. I didn't know. Can you use it on like specific things and get different results? If you use it on people, they will speak in Hamsar for a little bit. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. I might need to go back and do that, too. Oh, no, I can't because you get rid of the artifacts. Yeah, you get rid of the tuning fork. Oh. Um. Well, yeah. I like the sound of it. Well, that, that that's mine. Uh, the lighter was a close second, though. You're just lighting a bunch oh, the of stuff on good. fire for no reason in this episode. Yeah, I like that once you get the lighter, that's that's the solution for getting rid of all strong sad stuff. It's it's not like other puzzles in a game where you might you, you might be able to use the lighter on one thing, but you need to find different solutions for the other two. Here Strong Sad has three items. He has his flag, uh and he has uh the constitution. And what was the third one he had? Uh, Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights, yeah. You just used the lighter on all three. It's the same solution for all three. 
Yeah, I, I, I think I would normally say that like they should have mixed that up in in some way that they should have differentiated the stuff you need to do for strong sad, but just the repeated vi- visual of strong sad watching his work go up in flames is so funny <laughs> that I, I think yeah. it works out in um, agreed better than an actual puzzle would have. Mm-hmm. That part actually feels very humongous games, um, like simplifying the solution to a problem so much that you don't even do different things to it you, you just do the same thing multiple times you just get fun reactions yeah just focus on the reactions don't focus on the uh on anything else uh who's your weekly guy this is tough i feel like everyone in this episode really brought it just because the concept of the episode was so strong um Let's see, let's see. I think I'm going to give it to Strong Sad this week. I'm also going to give it to Strong Sad this week. Nice. Great minds. Yeah, I, I have I had that written down pretty early. Um Strong Sad removes an organ this episode <laughs> because he has uh, pretenditis. <laughs> That's such a good name. Yeah, you sell his pretendix to Bubs, and he gives you some stuff for it. <laughs> um, yeah, St- Strong Sad brings it this week, especially since yeah he was downplayed last week, and then this week he just has so many good lines, and even when he's not giving lines, he's usually there to contribute to other people's lines. Yeah, this was a Strong Sad heavy episode. I think Bleak House is great um, mm-hmm. as a thing to do. Um. Yeah, just, just yes, a, a lot of great do. stuff. Yeah, I almost said Homestar just because I like when Homestar gets all gung-ho about the Homestar me. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so I'll, I'll say second place Homestar. You have that in common with Seth Green. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Giving it second place to Homestar? No, getting excited about Homestar, getting excited about the Homestar me. Because that was oh. the premise of the robot chicken scene that oh they did about... God. Uh, uh, I hate it. It was all about the Homestar Army and Frank Benedetto and, and stuff. And... I think that's the one time. Look, I Robot Chicken is not good, but no, I think that's I think that's the one time where it was like real not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it, the, it the rest was... of the time, it's just ignorably, inoffensively not good. But this is the one time where I was like, I don't like that this was done. I didn't know about it for until a couple of years after it, it aired. Um, but when I saw it, finally, I thought, oh, this must be 15 years old. This, <laughs> this must be from 2005, when Robot oh. Chicken was just getting started. Um, nope. No. It was recent. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was surprisingly recent. They're like, man, you know what's popular? And we got to take them down a peg. Homestar Runner in the year <laughs> Take them down 2018. A They've had it too good for too long. <laughs> you know what? You know what the weird part about that skit is? It both feels very like surface level, while at the same time having some like deep cut strong bad references or yeah. Homestar references, like the Homestar me and uh, Frank Benedetto. Those are not things your average like. Uh, 
casual Homestar viewer would really know about. Yeah, if someone says I'm a huge fan of Homestar Runner, I still won't assume they know who Frank Benedetto is. Yeah, but they did. But then at the same time, it's like, well, I feel like if you were that big a Homestar fan, the rest of this episode probably wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I, I wondered, too, like if they got Mike and Matt Chapman involved nope because the 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 animation looks correct for the most part like it yeah it actually looks like the the flash way of doing it i think they confirmed that uh they had nothing to do with it yeah good good confo uh not not a not a great skit for robot chicken yeah if if anyone's wondering it's just like they they do the internet like edgelord thing of like here's a child's thing but everyone's got you know gonna die and we kill all the characters yeah uh welcome to welcome to robot chicken for the last 15 years yeah it, it felt like homestar meets um happy tree friends maybe uh yeah pretty good stuff I had a Happy Tree Friends compilation on DVD. I felt like the coolest motherfucker uh, <laughs> in like freshman year of high school. <laughs> just, just like, uh, just like, drop it in the middle of the school hall. Oh, whoops! There's my Happy Tree Friends DVD. <laughs> uh, how embarrassing! But if anyone wants to come over and watch it, you know. Yeah, because c- I hated watching them too. I. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you own it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I had a period of time where I thought it was funny, but it was like very short lived. I think it I was thought like it was maybe... funny, but like it was it was hard for me to watch. I don't know why I wanted yeah. to. I mean, yeah, and like, yeah, I'll I'll give them a I'll give them a little credit. Those cartoons are they look pretty good for like flash animated cartoons. It's not like they're half assed like Newgrounds cartoons. Um, but it is interesting how that show was kind of big for a while. Like it started as an internet thing and then you started seeing like merchandise of it. Like you said, it got DVDs, but it also got like, uh, yeah, plush dolls you could buy. And then they started airing it on TV. It got like a chunk of airtime on G4, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like for what it is for how popular it got happy tree friends is wild like entire premises of episodes are like one person's friend gets sent through a sausage grinder and then the other friend drinks them and that's just a that's just like yeah we'll put this on tv whatever don't worry about it i think we just (laughs) like this i think we're just all agreeing to like it (laughs) um I, I don't. Yeah. I guess I don't have anything against Happy Tree Friends. Although to, I will say that to, in today's day and age, it doesn't real really do it for me in, in the same mm. way that maybe uh, the shock value used to. Yeah, I mean, maybe it still hits for people in like high school. Maybe, 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 maybe there are people who like find it like people who get into it nowadays. I don't know if they're even doing it nowadays. But. There's no way. There, <laughs> there's no way that. Ooh, okay. I have to look it up. Okay. Is Happy Tree Friends active? Happy Tree Friends. Cause, cause it used to be part of like Mondo Media, I think, and I don't yeah. know if they're even still around. Um, no way did this start in 1999. Um, <laughs> Happy Tree Friends. 
Um, yeah. Wow. 1999. That's crazy. Yeah, okay, so I'm looking on the Wikipedia page. It looks like there was something as recently as uh, 2016. Okay, so no, it's not active. So no, it's not but active. That, but that is still more recent than I would have guessed. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's considerably more recent than you would have guessed. Um, <laughs> huh. Anyway, my, my sister is a junior in high school. Maybe I'll show her happy tree. <laughs> no, I probably lands. won't. <laughs> hey, Peyton, want to see this moose die? I, I need to know if you like this or not. Is this fun? <laughs> I need I need to get a grasp on on uh, what humor you enjoy. Yeah, this squirrel's just gonna fucking beef it hardcore in a way that you are not ready for. Would you like it? Would you want? <laughs> is that what you want? The top of this little person's head comes off and is used as a frisbee. Yeah. That that's honestly one of the more jovial things in the episode. <laughs> I just wrote a Happy Tree Friends episode. Yeah. Um, well, Mitch. So your guy of the week is the same as my guy of the week, but do you have an unguy of the week? Yeah, I think I think for what I talked about earlier, I'm gonna say it's Hamsar. Okay. Um, but Hamsar's also got that. some good stuff going on this week, and like on. I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about Homestar, so I, I feel conflicted saying that. No, I agree, because, like, on one hand, it, it doesn't it doesn't strike me as something meant to be, like, poking fun at Native Americans. It strikes me more as just the absurd concept of giving something to Homestar that just happens to not really age as gracefully as it could have. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean this this is this is from an era of internet edge lordiness that I think I always think of Homestar as being different from, but it, it dabbles. Mm. It, it dabbles in it for sure. Like the fact that it's cartoon characters saying crap was already like not risque because it's just crap. But it it was yeah. like poking fun of like, oh, can you believe they're saying that? Um, it it puts it over something that might air on like regular Cartoon Network without necessarily putting it into Adult Swim territory. Yeah, I I guess it is it is post South Park though, so it's not like it hadn't been seen. Um, yeah, especially on the internet. Like in terms of uh, internet cartoons, it's very tame edginess. Yeah, Home Homestar kind of represents a middle ground of adult cartoon that I hoped would exist more now. Uh, because when you hear adult cartoon, I think you, was, you you think of like your family guys and South Parks and stuff. But that... Mm -hmm. more, more blatant about it. Yeah, they're using the word adult to mean dabbles in things that only adults like. But that's really not what being an adult <laughs> is about. Uh, it, you know, I, I think just having a bit more like juxtaposition between lowbrow and highbrow and references that are maybe a little bit older and and uh storylines that are are mature in the way that they could be unexciting and still interesting that use of the word mature rather than like mature language mm -hmm. um homestar does a lot of things that i think make it a great adult cartoon but um th that that never really took off as as a genre Maybe it's just because they nailed it so perfectly that there was just no competing. Maybe. Can't argue with that. 
Uh, do you have an unguy? Um, unguy is very hard when I like all these characters. I guess I'll just say the king of town because he was kind of a jerk this week. <laughs> just because he was like the villain, we don't like him. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Just because, just because he's the guy they put you up against. Um, he tricks you into being the king. Being the king sucks, and he doesn't email your guys right. He doesn't email your guys right. That's true. Your guys email you in, and he emails saying thanks. Yeah, can't, can't argue with that. Um, <laughs> I, I think it, I think it maybe speaks to the world of Sam and Max uh, that. There are often people in Sam and Max that I'm just like, I don't fucking like you. <laughs> I, yeah. Not even not even in terms of being a villain, because I think their villains are good. It's like, as a, as a good, you're just, I don't like the way you are. <laughs> I just don't like you. <laughs> um, Abe Lincoln comes to mind. He was the one who, yeah. I think he was my un-guy like two weeks in a row. I think the head of Abraham Lincoln is the reason we came up with the category unweekly guy. <laughs> Was it or did it start in Bone? Did no, I don't think Unweekly okay. Guy started in Bone. That might have just been when we started calling it the Weekly Guy. Yeah, I, I think that's when we came up with the the like the character of the week segment was yeah. for Bone. Wow, that was okay, a long time okay. ago. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, I think that's the episode. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Anything else you want to comment on about Strongbadia the Free? Uh, let me look through my notes real fast. Let me just uh, take a gander. Um, no. Okay. Yeah, me neither. Oh, okay. I, I will say Ooh. one last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we did kind of touch upon this already, but it made me realize I don't necessarily like putting things down on the map. I like having a map done for me already, and I liked that this just uncovered more spots on the map. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, I I know for a fact that in the future episodes in the series, we'll be going back to the move the map around version of the map, uh, which I don't like as much. Which is... Which, it's fine, but yeah, I do kind of prefer just having the layout be taken care of for me. Yeah, I just I don't understand what the what the benefit of moving the map. I guess just because is. it's fun. It's just a fun little thing you is can do. Is it fun? You can... Like I'm not moving it around as I'm playing. It, it's not wild yeah. to me that I can just put a space in a different space, but Yeah, but maybe it's freeing for some people to be like, "Oh, I can just put this anywhere on this map I want. I get to make the choice on where this is." And it doesn't matter where you put it, but I still have the say in where it goes. So okay. I can see some people liking it. Sure. Even if personally I don't get that much out of it. Yeah, I yeah, I, re- I really don't experience a lot of I, I don't get any benefits from it, but I, <laughs> you, I think you it's, don't find it's fine. you don't find it fun clicking on a spot? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> um follow us, subscribe to us, comment, leave a review if you can, if you if you're so inclined to do so. We really appreciate any and all reviews our show may get um and and next week we'll i don't know i'm thinking of doing another episode yeah we'll see yeah and in fact i'm thinking it might be sbcg4 ap episode three the baddest of the bands you know what that sounds like a pretty good idea i might also do that you don't want to skip ahead to episode five you know 
in all seriousness, episode four is kind of the one I have my eyes on the most because I love Dangerous. Yeah. Episode but I also love cool. Limousine. Mm-hmm. I also love Limousine. So I am looking forward to this next one as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for I'm excited for your takes on, on all of these episodes because we're in the spot that you haven't played before yet. And uh, I think we're going to yeah, see I some am cool too. stuff. I am too. I've always wanted to get around to playing these. Um, I wonder if the reason I didn't was just so it left some door of Homestar Runner open to me. Because, like, the website does not update nearly as often as it used right. to. For We're on an annual basis reasons. with the website now. Yeah. Which, which is, it. I appreciate any time we get something new from them. It's very nice. But uh, Well, you know, actually, it's probably, now, it's probably, like, really actually done. Because Flash finally, like, fully died. Yeah. I don't know how they would go on to make more of these. I mean, I guess they did convert the website to HTML. Yeah. But but you can't. Yeah, who knows? I, I mean, you can animate in HTML. You can do all the same stuff, I guess. But it's it's a very different process. And I, I don't know if... Maybe they're just going to the animate time. it in, like, a regular animation software instead and, and do it that way. But that'll... That'll be different. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's the end of Homestar Runner. Maybe if it maybe it's just uh the beginning of phase two. Yeah, I've always thought that they should do a feature length movie to end it. Just like oh, get Netflix man. on involved or something and, and just do a Homestar movie. That would be great. I'd be totally down to watch. The the thing is, I it's hard to imagine well, I don't know. Maybe I guess maybe it's not as hard to imagine a, a long-form Homestar thing because we have this game. This game is technically a long-form Homestar story. Yeah. So maybe they could pull it off. Yeah, I think they'd have to like check out how the game did it uh, because because some of these stories are it, these these episodes are actually something we didn't mention is that we're, they're longer than Sam and Max episodes by a, a little bit, it, at least in terms of how long steam tells me i play um mm-hmm. the the sam and max episodes usually run me about two hours these run me three wow <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't have anything else to say after wow anyway i'll see you later <laughs> uh goodbye Come on, everybody, now, can't you hear the wind blow? We don't like the king of town making people's heads explode. What's the price of freedom?